1: Welcome to Catitude. I'm your show host, Michelle Byrne. Today's show, it's all about summer heat. And, you know, we're very cat focused on Catitude. But yeah, you might have a dog or maybe, I don't know, a horse or a llama. So you're thinking, what? What is this on Catitude? Well, I have two great guests today. And You'll understand why I mentioned that. But we do mention a lot about the heat and your cats, which is so important. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray or worrying. Oh, my God. Do my guests smell that? No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome
1: back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Ellie Lax. She is the founder of the Gentle Barn Foundation, and also welcome Dr. Peter Weinstein. He's a DVM, MBA, and currently is the executive director for the Southern California Veterinary Medical Association. So, I want both of you to introduce yourselves, and I'm so excited for both of you to be on the show. So, thank you. Glad to be here, Ellie. Can you tell us a little bit about
2: yourself and and your the Gentle Barn Foundation? Yeah. So at the age of seven, I was madly in love with animals and noticed that the people around me didn't care for them quite the way that I did. And I always said that when I grew up, I was going to have a big place full of animals and show the world how beautiful they are. It took me a while, but finally 24 years ago, I founded the gentle barn in my little half acre backyard. We are home and soon moved from that half acre backyard to our now many, many acres of land. And we're now a national organization We are located in Los Angeles, California, Nashville, Tennessee, and St. Louis, Missouri. We're home to horses, cows, pigs, sheep, goats, chickens, turkeys, peacocks, llamas, emus, dogs, and donkeys. We bring in animals that have nowhere else to go because they're too old, too sick, too lame, or too scared to be adoptable. We bring them in and with regular vet care and a whole slew of alternative methods such as acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractic, energy healing, and animal communication. We heal these animals. Give them sanctuary with us for the rest of their lives. And then when they're ready, partner with them to heal people with the same stories of trauma and connect people to the love and magic of animals. I love that.
1: Dr. Peter, you have done a lot in your career. So can you um, give us a little bio about yourself?
3: Not only have I done a lot in my career, I've actually been to the Gentle Barn in Santa Clarita with my wife, and we were extremely impressed. So it's an honor to be here with Ellie from that standpoint. I'm a veterinarian. I uh, have been involved with animals in a variety of different phases from all sorts of different things for 50 years now. owned a small animal hospital in Orange County, California, have been involved with state and local and national organized veterinary medicine. I speak, I write, I disrupt. The bio is a little bit off because I am no longer with the Southern California Veterinary Medical Association. I was a leader in a leadership role there for 15 years before I retired. But now I'm really out there just being an advocate for education because I do teach the business and finance part of veterinary medicine to the veterinary students at Western University of Health Sciences in Pomona. So I'm just helping to create the next generation. And not only am I educating the next generation, I just celebrated my daughter's graduation from veterinary school at Oregon State University, where she will be going on to a small animal clinical practice in Australia.
1: Congratulations. How exciting. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you both for your intro. And I'm very glad, Dr. Peter, you had a chance to experience the gentle barn. So let's talk. We're here to talk about summer. That's our our topic here today. It's summer. It's hot. It seems like every year it's getting warmer and warmer and it's hot everywhere. I live in the tropics now so that it's hot and humid. I've lived in the desert, Pomona. I mean, I lived in Los Angeles. It doesn't look like a desert, but it's the desert. It's dry, but it's hot. and. There's so many things that can go wrong when it's summer and it's hot for people, but also for pets. I mean, most people have dogs and cats, so we'll probably focus on that. But there's so many things that can go wrong. I'd like for each of you, tell me some of of the misconceptions that people tend to have about their pets in summer.
3: One of the um, interesting things is there's a tendency for pet owners to shave their pets thinking that by removing hair, they're actually helping their pets stay cooler. But in reality, the coat on the pet actually helps to trap cool air between the skin and the fur. And so there is really not an indication for shaving pets during the summer to help them cool off. In fact, you may even instigate sunburn by shaving a pet. So you need to be very careful about Modifying a pet's hair coat because they do have a reason that they have long coats.
1: That's interesting. And that's something I wouldn't have thought about. And obviously, dogs can get sunburn even if they're dark coated. Correct. So, shaved and dark coated, they can get sunburn. You would think of, you know, whiter or lighter coated dogs just because you can see their skin easier because it's, you know, pink. And long haired dogs, especially black, which I'm thinking of Mr. Zeus. I shaved him from time to time, not specially for summer, but just to, I don't know, clean him up a bit. But now I know I shouldn't have done that. Or is it okay to shave every so often?
3: Well, I would just be cognizant of the fact that they don't thermoregulate in the same way that we do. And they pant to help bring their body temperature down, but they also use their fur to to help control their body temperature. So just Be cognizant of the fact as to when you shave. Now, of course, if your pet is matted and full of all sorts of different things, that's one thing. But if you think that you're doing them a favor by shaving them for the summer, you may not be. That's the bottom line.
1: Really interesting. Ellie, what do you have to add?
2: So first of all, Peter, I think it's really cool that you've been to the Gentle Barn and hopefully you'll come back again soon so I can meet you in person. But that's really neat. Um, And I couldn't agree with you more about the shaving animals. I see people shaving their animals all the time, and I can't help but think that that brings the sun and the heat even closer to their skin. At the gentle barn, we put sunscreen on our horses' noses. We put sunscreen on our animals' ears. When we have to shear our sheep and llamas and alpacas, because otherwise they would overheat We pay our shearers extra to go slow and to leave a thick coat over their back so they don't get sunburned. So I think Peter, you made a really, really good point. The misconception that I'd like to talk about in addition to what Peter pointed out was that people have this notion that like, well, they're animals, so they're gonna be fine. They're meant to be outside. They're designed to be outside. Oh, it's really hot for me, so I'm in my air conditioning, but the animal's fine outside. And I'd like to point out that if we're hot, our animals are likely even hotter. And if we're thirsty and needing to hydrate, our animals need that opportunity as well. And so I would implore people during this heat to keep your dogs and cats inside, if at all possible. I know people think, oh, they're going to go outside. They're going to be fine. But they get dehydrated. They get overheated. They get sunburnt. Um, not to mention that they're at risk for being in traffic and being trapped by dogs or being hit by cars if they're cats. So the safest place for an animal is by our side indoors. If for some reason we have a dog or cat that we absolutely cannot have indoors for whatever reason, then at least outside they should be provided shade, water, and a pool so that they can stay cool and survive these intense heats. But A place for a dog and cat is always best indoors, in the air conditioning, safe and sound and comfortable, just like us.
1: Let's talk about cats for a little bit. You mentioned cats. Now, most cats in the US and especially in summer are indoor, but they also like, you know, the catio. My cats rule the catio that we have, but that catio has a fan, it's covered, there's water and we check frequently if they want to come inside and we don't even let them out if it's too hot. So they're mostly out in the evening. Am I doing the right thing? Or is this like, it's hot? I mean, it's covered. So but it's still probably 80 degrees out there. They don't seem to mind. But is that, you know, am I doing being a bad pet parent?
2: I think that sounds wonderful. As long as you're keeping two things in mind, trapping a cat on a catio when you're not home, and the temperatures can vary, and then they can't get inside is a danger. And obviously getting out of that catio to the outdoors is dangerous. So as long as that catio is contained, and as long as you're home watching them, or they can come in on their own, a shaded covered catio with lots of water and comfort for a cat sounds wonderful.
3: Okay, I would concur. You also noted that you have a fan. And so i think you've provided them with a feeling of being outside but you go out there and you get a body temperature feeling for yourself as well because remember that our pets tend to run higher body temperatures than we do so when you add additional heat to that they're put into a position to have to figure out how to control their own body temperature if you find a cat panting there is nothing good so if you go out and you're seeing your cats panting then i would be definitely concerned about either a medical condition or it being too warm. But if you're providing water, shade, a fan, and the catio is not in direct heat in the middle of summer, I think you're doing them a a wonderful service so that they are enjoying the outside without being exposed to the risks of outside. But as uh, Ellie noted, having access to the inside is really nice as well because that air conditioned house probably can provide them for some relief as well.
1: So it's covered. not in direct sunlight there's a cat door and we try never ever to leave them out and if we have a stubborn one that will not come in no matter what it's only if it's you know a very short trip otherwise all indoors we have to try every trick up our sleeve make sure they all come inside That brings me to my next question. Next, this is something that drives me crazy. I'm sure it drives both of you crazy too, but before that we get to that, we're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back.
0: Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat, easy peasy. A small mountain lion, no problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over three million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code meow30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.com. <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everyone. Okay, this question, the answers to this will drive me nuts. There are some things that you, as pet parents, you should never, ever, ever do this with your pets in the summer. Now, here's what I think, and you are both experts. Like you said, cats should never be so hot that they're panting. Dogs or cats should not just be left outside in a fenced area without shade. What drives me crazy is when people are walking their dog on the ground when it's hot. And I don't even like dogs with their heads out the window and don't even get me started on when people leave their dogs in the cars in temperatures where you know that dog is going to be too hot. Comments?
2: I have been spending a lot of time talking about those exact points um, on our social media, in our newsletters. We are trying to really raise awareness for this extreme heat and how to keep our animals comfortable and safe through the summer. When I go out with my dog, first of all, it's never in the heat of the day. It's only in early morning and late in the evening when there are cooler temperatures. But even then, I always, when we get out of the car, put my hand on the asphalt and feel what it feels like to me. Because if it's burning and hot to me, it's going to burn the pads of our animals' feet. And they're going to really suffer for it. I've seen a lot of lameness, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering from animals who their owners wanted to go out for a nice adventure, but didn't consider how hot the asphalt is while we're wearing shoes. So I always put my hands on the concrete to feel what it feels like for my dog or cat to be on the asphalt. Avoid going out midday in this summer. It's not gonna be comfortable for our animals. And a lot of awareness has been raised about this. And I kind of assume that everyone knows this, but yet every summer we always hear cases of people leaving their animals in the car. And it's like, oh my God, doesn't everyone know this by now? Urging people to never, ever, ever leave their dogs or cats in the car even for a few moments, it only takes a few moments for that car to become a furnace and those animals to get very, very damaged. Doing animal rescue for over three decades, I have rushed many a dog or cat to the hospital on behalf of people that have trapped their animals in the cars and watching those animals suffer. And the rate of survival is very low. So, You know, people say, well, you know, my dog had to come with me because I didn't want to leave him home and I'm just running into the store really quickly. Even in three, four minutes, that animal can meet a really serious demise. So leave your animal at home in the air conditioning, bring someone with you that can stay in the car with that animal, but don't leave that animal in an unattended car for any reason is my advice.
3: Veterinary services are expensive enough that when you try to cook your pet, it only gets more expensive. And so you also have to be cognizant of the breed because many breeds are even more sensitive to heat and overheating, especially with these so-called brachycephalic or flat faces. And since French Bulldogs are the number one breed in the country at the moment, we need to be cognizant of them and pugs and even Persian cats of being more susceptible to heat. So it may not just even be in the car, it may just even be on the back patio from that standpoint. But if you want to make a dog overheat, just because you're comfortable running in 90 degrees temperature, don't take your dog with you for a run. The ground may not feel hot and you're thinking that, hey, they're moving their feet and not going to be on the ground all that often. But the ability to overheat a dog very quickly while you're jogging with your pet is right there. And one of the worst cases I ever saw in practice was a boxer that was out running and came in to be seen with the temperature that could not even be measured on the thermometer. So we've gotta be smart. Pet ownership requires being intelligent and preventing problems so that you don't have the expenses of taking care and treating problems. Prevent these problems, be thoughtful, make sure that you're thinking about your pet and not just yourself in everything that you do during the summer.
2: Very well said, Peter. Thank you
1: both, great comments. Now, here's something that drives me nuts when I see it. The dog with his head hanging out of the window. I know we're all about cats, but cats usually don't see driving, you know, with their humans, with their head out the window. Otherwise, they'd be gone. Unless, of course, you have a super smart cat that's good with a leash and loves to walk. Anyway, what about that? You know, it looks cute. You see the dog lolling, his eyes open, his tongue, you know, hanging out there, the wind blowing. But that's really a no-no, right? No, you're well, being I...
3: intelligent, you're being intelligent. All right. Let's start with that. Yes, debris, smoke, all sorts of things that can be coming up off of the street. And let's compound that with the fact that the dog gets excited and wants to jump out the window. I would also suggest that people who have their pets in their laps while they're driving are asking for problems. Let's start to be intelligent in recognizing that we can prevent problems. We've seen corneal ulcers. We've seen issues with things hitting pets um, from off the street. So it's not the smartest thing. Yeah, it's really cute Instagram posts when you see the lips flapping in the breeze, but you didn't see the picture afterwards when the eye started to get all red and irritated because of the dust and other things that were, were blowing up off the street into the face of that pet.
2: I agree. And you know, I think as pet parents, I think it's our job to think of the worst case scenario and then avoid it. And I'm always doing this with the animals here at the Gentle Barn. I'm always thinking, okay, I'm taking my animals in the car. What is the worst case scenario? What is the worst thing that could happen? And then you talk about like, the things that can hit their eyes. If you have to swerve suddenly, the dog goes flying out the window. What if the dog sees something and can't contain their excitement, jumps out the window? When you think of all the worst case scenarios, then you can easily prevent it by switching the air conditioning on and rolling that window up so that dog is safe inside. And I think that if we all just, in every scenario, whether we're leaving an animal outside, whether we're taking them for a run or a walk, whether they're hanging out the window, if we all think for a minute and be smart and say, what is the worst thing that can happen here? And what can I do to avoid it? We're not only protecting our beautiful angel animals, but we're also protecting our wallets from unnecessary vet bills, because when we protect them more, then we spend less trying to fix problems that we create.
3: I love that. You know, if you wanna drive with your your pet's head hanging out the window, if you want to lock your dog in the car, if you want to go jogging, then you probably need, you know, care credit, pet health insurance and a large income stream because it's going to cost you and it could be avoided from that standpoint.
1: Agreed. And it could cost you a lot more than just money.
3: That is correct. The life of your pet is at risk. Exclamation point.
1: Great advice. For all of us enjoying summer or for those of us that live in warm climates all year long, great advice. Thank you. So what are some good tips on cooling off your dog or cat if they get too hot?
2: Well, in my opinion, the air conditioning is the best way, right? Have them inside, safe and sound. Air conditioning's running. You and your pet are happy, you're comfortable, and you're safe fans like you mentioned for your patio fans are wonderful additions to cool off the pets but also with dogs and cats and even bunny rabbits indoors let's say your air conditioning isn't keeping up with cooling down the house enough or maybe there are people that don't have air conditioning big plastic bottles you fill them with water and put them in the freezer and then you can lay them around the floor and they can lay up against them they can lay on them if they need to Of course, plenty of water, but you can even put ice cubes in the water to make it even colder. For our animals here at the Gentle Barn, we have lots of fun in the summer where we freeze blueberries, grapes, corn, and other veggies and fruit and give them as treats so they're nice and cold and crunchy and they cool them down as they're chewing them. We also make big, huge popsicles of big bowls that we put in the freezer full of apple juice and then pieces of apples, grapes, blueberries, things like that, where our cows, horses, sheep, goats, pigs can lick them to cool down. And sprinklers are really, really fun for dogs to be outside when you're with them. And they can run through the sprinklers, kitty pools, so they can splash around and lay down, get their bellies cool. Um, those are the things that are on the top of my mind. And just want to say the popsicles that we make are for our farm animals. We, of course, don't want to give our dogs or cats grapes?
1: Oh, yes, obviously, of course. No grapes for your dogs or cats. Something I like to do is um, I'll give my cats the liquid treats and I'll put them in the refrigerator. So not only do I have a little more control of their calorie intake because it comes out slower when it's cold, but they seem to enjoy it and it cools them off. Dr. Peter, what are some of your tips?
3: Let me start with some don't do's. Okay, Okay? if they are hot and you need to cool them off, you want to do it slowly. And so you don't want to hose them down and just have the hose on them. But you want to let that evaporate because actually things cool when they evaporate. Covering them with a wet towel doesn't do anything but heat them up, actually, because the towel starts to get warm and it traps things as well. So you want to slowly start to bring their temperature down. I love the ice cubes in the water dish. I love the misters or the idea of a mister or sprinkler from that standpoint. But again, just being cognizant of the fact that that if a pet is over panting, especially a cat or a dog is panting and it's not getting under control, be concerned that their body temperature is too elevated and it may not be something that you within your purview can handle on your own. But what you really want to do is just have ways to keep their temperature stable so it doesn't get too hot. And that's really, again, shade, plenty of fresh water. Don't put them at risk. And um, think about your comfort level and recognize that their comfort level will be parallel to yours. If you're uncomfortable, they're probably uncomfortable as well and maybe even more uncomfortable.
1: All right. So, last couple of points today for summer weather. What are some good tips for us humans for the things that we enjoy that might not be good for our pets? You know, like we like swimming. Do all dogs like swimming? Some cats do, not many. And what are your thoughts? And what about um, any other summer hazards you'd like to mention? Ellie, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. uh, Summer is such a fun time to go to the beach and swim in the pool and go over to people's houses. And it's just a time of fun and relaxation for the whole family. Everybody's having fun. But there's just a few more steps that I would urge people to take just to make sure that our dogs and cats at home are going to stay safe while we're having fun. Then one of them is for those of us that have pools. There's this misconception, I think, where people think, well, I mean, dogs and cats, like they just, automatically know how to swim. So the family's running around, the dogs and cats are outside with us. We go inside for lunch, maybe leave the door open. Now the dogs and cats are near the swimming pool. And I'd like to say that, unfortunately, I've seen really a lot of tragedies where it only takes a few seconds for a dog or cat to drown in an unattended pool. So for those of us that do have pools, I think it's really, really important to only allow, well, The best case scenario would be to have a childproof fence around that pool. And that way, just like our children, dogs and cats can't get even near the pool when we're not there with them. So I would highly recommend that fence. And then just keep dogs and cats with us. So if we're outside and they're under our watchful eye and they want to jump in the pool with us, that's fine. But when we go in the house for lunch or to take a break, remember to take the dogs and cats with us back inside the house and don't ever let them alone near the pool. The other thing that I would highly recommend for people that have dogs and swimming pools is to spend time training that dog, and even cat, to find the stairs. Because when a dog and cat fall into a pool by accident, in that panic, they go to the nearest side and then end up exhausting themselves trying to climb up that side, which they can't do, and eventually drown of exhaustion. But if you can train that dog and cat to calmly and collectively find the stairs and get out safely, they can end up saving their own lives when there's a mistake made and that dog and cat is exposed to an unattended swimming pool.
3: And we can add to that the fact that chlorine water may not be the optimal situation for their gastrointestinal tract. I can't tell you the number of pets that I've seen ended up with GI problems because of drinking either over-chlorinated The fact is that many breeds are not good swimmers and many breeds that have coats that are like a Shih Tzu or a Lhasa become a sponge and they all of a sudden become very heavy and get pulled down by the weight of the water. So you have to be cognizant of the type of breed you have. You put a Labrador in the pool, they'll never come out, but you can exhaust them to the point that they can't get out. So, again, be intelligent when it comes down to having access to a pool. And other bodies of water come with their own sources of concerns, whether it's lake water and potentially bacterial or other types of infections that are in lake water, or the salt that's in seawater or other areas that you may have seawater, all of which can cause gastrointestinal upset. And I can tell you from experiences that a golden retriever that drinks seawater gets some really gnarly diarrhea. One of, the, one of the major ways pets end up drowning if they don't have a childproof fence is an open door. So if you leave your door open in the summer to let some breeze blow through, you're inviting your pets to go outside. And if your pool is not protected and they see it as a place to maybe get a drink of water, they fall in and they can't get out. So like teaching your kids to find the, the stairs and find a way to get out of the pool, work with the same on your pets. And then, of course, if you have cats that don't routinely go outside, but you're keeping your back door open or even your front door open. Now, all of a sudden, you're inviting them to be out there exploring. And who knows what trouble cats can get into, even that they may not be looking for, such as wildlife in the community. So, again, this everything we've talked about is exquisitely preventable if we just use a little common sense.
2: Peter, I couldn't agree more. And I want to add one more thing. I'm an animal communicator and I do animal communication readings for people all over the world. And one of the main things that I spend my time on is helping people find their lost cats. And the the struggle, the fear, the danger that the cats are in and the pain and grief that the people go through can all be avoided if the cats are collected inside and the doors remain closed. So I can't agree with you more. Having your your pet safe and sound inside the house, doors closed, pools guarded, with a little forethought and prevention, we can really go a long way to take care of the animals that depend on us for their every need.
1: Great information. Thank you both. I have a quick question for you, Dr. Peter, before we sign off. It sounds like it's not a good idea to let your dog swim, or if they do swim, how do you prevent them from drinking the water? Some just do.
3: You know, it's great to be 100% aware of everything, but if they're not thirsty because they have other resources or sources of water, such as if you're at the beach or the lake, make sure you have plenty of fresh water with you. If you're in the pool, it's a little bit harder the likelihood is there that they may get an upset stomach. But again, if you've got plenty of water dishes, oh, and by the way, keep the water dishes in the shade or keep ice in them because they will warm up themselves. But if you have plenty of water that they have access to, encourage them to get out and drink from their water dish and not from the pool. And a lot of this goes to training. A lot of this goes to behavior modification. A lot of this goes to rewarding them for getting out of the pool and drinking from the water dish and not from your pool.
1: And it's still okay to let them swim. Just make sure they are washed right away afterwards.
3: Yeah, rinse them off. And again, think of a pet as a two or three-year-old. Keep both eyes on them when you're outside with them.
1: Exactly. Well, this show has been so much fun. I'd like for our listening guests to be able to find out more about both of you. So Ellie, if you can start and then Dr. Peter and you can tell everybody where they can find out more about you and for Ellie, for you, the gentle barn and Dr. Peter, just about yourself.
2: People can find out all about the Gentle Barn, how to visit a Gentle Barn near them, and how to support our efforts to heal and rescue animals who have nowhere else to go by going to gentlebarn.org. They can also find out more about my animal communication sessions at ellielax.com. Thank you so much.
3: So, Michelle, you've got a national footprint, probably an international footprint. And so I'm not going to promote myself as much as to say that whether you're in the United States, Canada, Australia, wherever you may be reaching out to, your local veterinary association, I'm in Southern California, so it's the Southern California Veterinary Medical Association, is a great resource for veterinarians who can help you address many of the animal-related issues. So one of the most important thing you can do is to become cognizant of your local veterinary association and have a great relationship with one or even more local veterinarians. And by the way, summer is also a big time for travel. So make sure you have a good relationship with the veterinarian in a community to whom you may be traveling because God knows what could happen when you go outside of your normal zone. My information, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Peter Weinstein, DVM, MBA. But realistically, my positioning here is more to promote the veterinary profession and to promote having a great relationship with your local veterinarians
1: I want to thank both of you so much for coming on Catitude. this subject of being pet parent awareness of the summer heat is so near and dear to my heart the things I've seen which is only a fraction of what both of you have unfortunately seen and experienced so I thank you both for sharing your wisdom on uh, today's show thank you for my having pleasure
3: us. thanks for inviting us
1: I hope you all enjoyed the show. This is a subject that is so near and dear to my heart. The summer heat is not pleasant for your pets and just be knowledgeable about what could happen. I'd like to thank my guests, Ellie Lacks, the founder of the Gentle Barn Foundation and Dr. Peter Weinstein for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge for making us more aware of what to do and not to do during the summer heat. And I'd like to, of course, thanks to everyone listening. I appreciate you so much. And this show would not be the same without the magic of my producer, Mark Winter. Of course, thank you to my fur babes that I do whatever I can to make sure they're cool and comfortable. They have the most amazing catio, believe me. That's for uh, Dennis and Charlotte and Molly. And, of course, Mr. Nicky, who always manages to be the cool dude. And, hey, lose the attitude Have catitude.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.